Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, everyone, it's Dave Mormon here with Home Service Business Coach. Uh, welcome aboard to another episode. This one's going to be an awesome one. Uh, hey, for those of you who don't know much about me or my story, uh, I'll just sum it up here in a nutshell to kind of set some context for this episode. Uh, I started my pressure washing business back in 2016, uh, Revive Washing. Uh, I started with a $3,000 uh, Chevy Astro van and a $200 pressure washer, uh, Ryobi pressure washer uh, from Home Depot. Uh, I did not take on debt to grow the business. And today uh, my business runs without me in the day to day. So um, it's been uh, an incredible journey that I've been fortunate to be on. Uh, and I wanted to kind of deep dive a little bit as far as like, do you need debt to grow your business? And there's like two, I think, very distinct schools of thought when it comes to this. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you definitely know what side more I'm on, but, you know, I think we, we first need to quantify um, number one and set some ground rules as far as like, do we need debt to grow the business one and two, what are we actually trying to achieve here? Because we all want different things from our business, right? Um, I've always approached my business with more of this like lifestyle entrepreneur uh, set the business up to serve me and my family. Uh, and, and for me, it, it kind of like coined this acronym of, of fit, right? Like what do I actually want to get from my business? And, and that's freedom, uh, that's impact. And, uh, that's also time. Um, and those are the things that I believe a business can afford you is giving you that freedom, giving you that impact, uh, and giving you that time. Um, you know, that's so important from your business. And so I think when you have, when you approach your business with, with what you actually want to get out of it, that will help answer your question of, do you need debt to grow this thing? And I personally think, you know, if you're approaching it from a lifestyle perspective and you want to build one very profitable location and you don't really have aspirations to, you know, be a billionaire and have this business take over the whole world, then I'm not sure that you need to take on like debt to do that. Right. The whole other side of that is, um, you know, say if you want to go with more of this like crazy scale model, right? And maybe that's you want to franchise your business into like every major metropolitan area in the US, right? You want to have 500 or a thousand locations, right? Or you want to have revenue be X amount, right? Those people are um, very, I find very inspiring, but not to the point that I would definitely want to have, you know, what they had. And I don't know if this is true or not, but like, uh, an entrepreneur I definitely look up to and and borrow some great principles from is Richard Branson. And uh, I once heard on a podcast that people are like, oh, I want to be like Richard Branson. I want to blow this thing up to the moon. And he's like, do you do you really want to be me? Because I have uh, at any given time, 150 active lawsuits going on at any given time. I'm just like, my goodness. And of course, he'd have like a legal team, but I'm just like, to wrap your head around the fact that there's like 150 incidents that are proceeding to to legal is just just blows my mind. I'm just like, man, that makes me stressed out just thinking about it. So for me, it's always tethered back to what I want. 
I want my business to create freedom. I want to have impact on those that I'm able to, to impact. I want it to kick me off time. And of course, I kind of goes without saying, we want to be able to make like an acceptable amount of income um, from our business as well for our time put in, right? Some people are making, you know, let's say a hundred grand from their business and that might be great. But if they're having to work, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, they're estranged from their family, they've lost their health. I'm just like, is that is that totally worth it, right? I'd rather make a hundred grand from the business and only be required maybe five to 10 hours a week uh, inside the business, meeting with my key managers and then being largely free from the business. Like that's more a success model for me because I get to do more things that I really enjoy and invest my time into other priorities. So that's, again, defining exactly what you want, I think is super important. And so to answer this question, like, do you need debt? I honestly, I don't think debt is required, but I want to also dig into a couple of things that I think were unique to my story. Um, I was growing this business quickly through 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, um, prior, a lot of it prior to the pandemic happening. Right. And I think once pandemic came, printed all this money, we saw inflation and now, you know, what used to be, we could get a truck on the road for you know, eight, 10, $12,000. Um, then it moved up to 19.5,000 and now it's like 30,000. Um, and that's just in my individual company. Right. And we go like fairly lean. We're not trying to, um, reinvent the wheel with something like crazy, super fancy to go out and produce our work. But that is how much our, our costs have increased, right. To get a truck on the road. So it like easily three times what it used to be. And so, you know, back in the day to save up a 10 or $12,000 nest egg and go get a van. I was like, okay, cool, let's go do it. And then another 12 grand, let's go do it again. And so it's like the stakes are higher now. And so I feel like our expansion would not have been as rapid just due to how much stuff costs right now. And we also, I believe, have like a lagging market trying to catch up of consumers that, you know, maybe traditionally have hired us and now are watching their dollars a little bit tighter. And they're just like, I don't know if I want to, you know, write that thousand dollar, that $2,000 check to make this thing happen this year. Maybe we'll like wait a little bit. And so like a business owner is facing now increased costs and potentially like a market that has not caught up yet with a higher demand to pay for the services. So I think we just need to be like pretty conscious of like the time that we're currently living in, in this like economic time. So, you know, I think right now, if I if I was at zero and was like, okay, cool, grow grow a business again, do it again, uh, a home service business, I I would definitely still subscribe to number one being profitable with my first truck. I think that's a non negotiable. I think sometimes we have this like, I'll be successful when fill in the blank, and I think like I will be profitable when I get you know my fourth truck on the road because then we've hit some scale, etc., and the numbers are better. And like I get that, but like you don't put truck two on the road unless you make money with truck one and you don't put truck three on the road unless one and two are making money. And that's just like, should go without saying, but I think sometimes as business owners, we like dilute ourselves a little bit and say, Oh, once we start growing, um, then the money will get better. Um, and there's definitely like checkpoints in the business where like the margins free up or shrink down. Um, but definitely when you're early on, like I know for me that first year, $89,000 we're punching out. That's me on a truck to start. Then I brought in um, an employee to help me produce all the work. Um, man, we were, we made like North of $40,000. That was just like 
you know, I don't want to call it profit, but because I had an active role in the business, but it was like a kickoff, a cash flow that was kicked back. And I could have easily taken the 40 grand and, you know, adjusted my lifestyle. And again, I was, had a painting business. I was making over a hundred grand with that. It could have easily adjusted my lifestyle and said, man, let's get, let's get fancy here. But no, I took that 40 grand. We got our next two trucks on the road um, and, and uh, you know, wrap them, um, got, you know, more machines going. We transitioned away from the Ryobi pressure washers. We got water fed pole setups and, you know, purifiers. And we got, you know, we were experimenting with like gutter vacuums as well. So like we we're doing all this stuff, right? And then marketing was like huge when I hired a sales team that could go out and door knock with me. Uh, we printed tons of flyers, tons of signs. Like I was doing all this stuff, right? So that 40 grand got like chewed up pretty quickly, but I threw it back in the business, right? And then the next year we grew to 155,000. And then I had about $60,000 from that year. And I took that in and really doubled down on the business. We got two more trucks on the road. I hired an office manager. Um, we got, uh, you know, our marketing pushed even more. Uh, we just did more of what was currently working, but that took more money to invest. We got better uniforms, um, you know, made that year. Uh, we got our CRM all dialed in. We got our office all set up uh, and we are producing $582,000 from a Starbucks table. Uh, I'd have me, my office manager, uh, my production manager would stop by there. We'd run interviews from there. Um, that's where like, that was like, just like a huge growth of the business from that 155 to 582. And that year, uh, we made a significant amount of profit. I don't even remember the exact number, but threw a lot of that back into the business. And that was like the first year that I started paying myself more of a salary than before. I was like, just barely getting by right again, didn't really need the money. I was single. I was making six figures with my painting business, but at a certain point for me to leave painting, I had to have the washing business replace that income because um, I just didn't want to go like backwards financially. Uh, and I know some entrepreneurs are like, burn the ship, go all in. And like, I didn't go all in. I sat on the fence for three years and kept the cash flow going. And then Revive was really like my evening, weekend, whatever free time business that I was like pushing while the painting was still like running. Right. So that's what I did. And because I had that methodology, I didn't need the debt to grow the business. But today, you know, to, to get that first truck going, um, I don't think you could do it now, you know, with three grand and a Ryobi pressure washer, you, you might be able to, but I think your three grand just might turn into like 7,500 and I wouldn't start with a $200. I mean, I wouldn't change anything in my story, but if you had access to a little bit of capital, I started my business, you know, for, for like under 4k, I think now you might need like 10k, right? Maybe 12k, but I still would not change the methodology and go out and buy a brand new Mercedes Sprinter van. And like, I understand how write-offs work and you can pay the thing off monthly and pay a little bit of interest. And if it produces X amount, it'll all be worth it. Like I get that, but I just generally find, and maybe I'm old school and stuck in my ways. And I bought 13 pre-owned vehicles and they're all used and I paid cash for all of them. Uh, and multiple of those have produced over a million dollars for me. Uh, I bought, you know, Dodge Caravans, Astros, Savannahs, grooming trucks, Mazda trucks, Honda Civics. Like that's just how I roll. And you may be listening, watching, being like, heck yeah. Like that's exactly what I want to do. I just find if I'm going to throw down eight grand, 10 grand, maybe it's my risk aversion. I want to make that money back as quick as I can. Putting down 80 grand or a hundred grand on a single vehicle I just think it cripples the business. And, and those are, um, 
those are tough businesses to coach that have put in 105 grand into an amazing rig and they have a big vision for their company. You know, do we want to do that like four more times? I don't know. Like I would rather, I, I wouldn't, I would rather just bootstrap the business and get it up to scale. And then if you want to go fancier, go for it. So I've just always approached my business with this, a bit of frugality, I think. I think that's how I was raised. And just like, if we can be resourceful and scrappy and do it with less, let's do it. Because the biggest problem initially in your business is not the fact that your equipment's not good enough or the fact that, you know, we downstream a house and it takes four hours. If I had a software system, I could do it in two and we'd save all this time and be more profitable. That's not the biggest problem in your business right now. Your biggest problem right now is that your current client base is maybe 112 clients and it needs to be like 1400 or it needs to be 3200. That's your biggest problem. And so I personally think your, your resources need to be stewarded first to the sales and marketing department until those people, and right now it might be you because you're small, until that department is giving you like a thumbs up, like we're good. We're sitting on a good amount of cash here. We have a solid roadmap for the next 12 months. We don't need more cash here. That's where your business mind can then say, cool, let's go look into operations now. What can I invest in there? Maybe I want to go buy that window screen cleaner. That's 700 bucks, but we're getting a lot of screen cleaning. And I think that would be a solid investment. Then that's when you go do that. And maybe our water-fed poles need upgrading. And maybe the one van's looking really tired. Or maybe I've always went the decal route and I actually want to invest in like a real full-on wrap, even though it costs $4,500. Like, that's when you start making those decisions. And and you could probably argue the van wrap could be seen as a marketing expense too. So um, kind of two ways to see that. But you get my point is that there's different priorities as you grow the business. And to just like most of you aren't starting with a hundred grand backing investment where you're like, cool, I can go get the truck, wrap it, get that set up. And I still have 30 grand left over for marketing. Like most people aren't approaching the business that way. And even if you were, when we hit crazy economic times, like we did right when the pandemic started, I had um, competitors in my space, like freaking out, calling me because they had leases on not just like, like for the business, they had leases on their vehicle. They were leasing their, their equipment out. Um, they didn't have cash in the bank. Uh, they're leveraged. And, and then what happens when the work dries up and you have a $25,000 monthly nut that you need to hit, but you're only booking, you know, $6,500 of work, you have a $19,000 gap. That's a very stressful place to be. So for me, like, I just don't like vehicle payments. I, I don't like them. I'd rather just pay cash for the vehicle. And because I like paying cash for the vehicle, it's it's able to happen and transpire because I'm not investing six figures into a vehicle. I'm investing 10K or 12K. I think our most recent van we bought was like $12,000 or something last year. Um, so it's not like I'm still leveling up going crazy. So it's still like same principles apply. It's just the, the dollar amount have shifted a little bit due to inflation. For us, it's not a 3k. I think my second truck, my Astro truck was $5,500. So it like 3k to 5,500. And then, like I said, last year was like around 12,000. Um, you know, this year looking at vehicles, we might be more like a 14, 15 K something like that, but it's not, again, I'm still not pivoting to be like, let's go brand new. Um, let's go buck wild. But again, it tethers back to my why I don't want a vehicle payment every month. I'd rather just pay for it. 
uh, in the one year, because again, your business should be profitable enough to facilitate that. Um, and if it's not, I think we need to look back to your pricing strategy and see actually where is the business flawed uh, and look in and, and shore some of that stuff up before we actually look at scaling. Because like, it's a very miserable place to be to add truck two, three, four, five on the road, they all do 300K a year and you've got a $1.5 million business, but the thing's not profitable. And people ask, how's business going? I see your trucks everywhere, man. You're killing it. Just because you hit 1.5, like if you don't have profit on the bottom line, you don't have your time, um, you don't have impact, uh, you don't have freedom from this thing. Is it really successful? And I just think we read the wrong teleprompter a lot on what success is to our business. And like for me, it's not number of trucks. It's not revenue. It is like probably three things. I would say if I had to think about it, it would be um, profit kicked off from the business. How are we doing there? Two, what is Dave's personal time requirement in the business? Five to 10 hours a week kind of thing. Cool. Three, how much time off can I actually get from my business? For me, I've been taking 40 days off uh, of my business for like two, since 2014, going on like nine years now, 40 days. Like I take seven, eight weeks off. That's not Saturdays and Sundays. That's Saturdays and Sundays plus 40 working days that I just go away and travel. Because again, that's why I set up my business to afford me that lifestyle. So I don't want to go on a tangent. I'm honestly not telling you, you have to do it this way. I want to just shake up the furniture in your brain and get yourself asking, is there a different way to grow this business that maybe I don't need the fanciest thing? Um, and, and maybe there's a different way I can be growing the business. Because I tell you, when resources are limited, that's like a fun spot to be. And you may be there right now, right? When you're growing the business. And like for me, I was like watching the bank account. I'm like, man, as soon as we get 10K in that bank account, like we just sent payroll out, I'm going to go get this thing and this thing. And then you like go do another two weeks and you're like, as soon as I get that 10K back, I'm going to go do this next two things. And like, that's how I think you should be thinking in the business, not starting with this huge nest egg, right? It's almost like you're playing Monopoly and you get started with additional funds. Like you're just less, uh, you're less hungry, I think, to really get it. Not always, but just I've seen it before. And I think you want to be playing Monopoly where you're saving up to get property purchased. And you're also looking forward to pass and go because you get the 200 bucks and you, you're already thinking that's going to help facilitate that next house on Connecticut Avenue or whatever your, your thing may be, your strategy in Monopoly, right? So you want to just think wise as you grow this business. You want to be different, I think. And um, you know, if I was to take on debt today to grow the business, I would not be putting that on a 20% high interest credit card. I would be going into my bank and saying, hey, what is the interest rate on a line of credit? And maybe you could get a, and again, this isn't financial advice. So I'm just like talking off the top of my head here. This is how I think about it. I would think, could I get a $20,000 line of credit at a lowest possible interest rate? And could I figure out that, hey, if I gave you 20 grand today, and let's say your interest rate is is low, right? Let's say even at a at a whatever, a 5% interest rate, you got to pay back, you know, a few dollars this year. But I would figure out what that interest rate would actually be in dollars. And I would say, man, I'm going to probably bet on myself that this thing's going to work if I took that loan. 
I could go spin that into, into cash and into dollars. And I just like, can't plead with you enough that your first responsibility to the business needs to be programming your market to who you are and what you do. And for me, like our honey hive has always been affluent residential projects and we draw maps around our city and I'm not interested in working for general contractors. We don't even do much commercial work. I'm not interested in high rise. Like we, we say no to more things than we say yes to just because we say no so much that we keep our capacity open to service the affluent residential at a high level. And those just happen to be the best paying clients. They tip our team. Well, they're great to work for. Uh, and they love our brand and they just fit so nicely with the brand that I built because they know they're not getting a cheap deal, but they know they're getting great service. And they know that because they go and look at whether, what other affluent customers said about us. And there's like over 400 of those people now on Google. So that's where they go to. They buy from who they know, like, and trust. So wanted to kind of break it down. That's how I'd go about growing the business. I would be more open-minded to debt today, just given the, the state of the economy. But if that debt is going into mostly equipment, I would be very, very scared. Uh, I would want to make sure that I build my sales and marketing department first. And if you came to me asking for money in your business, I would first ask, what are you doing to get the phone ringing? And if you told me, hey, the last 90 days, we've got, you know, 450 inbound requests, I've closed 115 of them. And I'm pretty confident betting on our season that if I double down on this and took your, your 10 grand, 20 grand and invested it back in the business that we could double this thing, that would be a lot more of a safe bet for an investor rather than, Hey, I saw a YouTube video to start a washing business. I need to start with like the latest and greatest equipment. I want to buy a beautiful soft wash system and a beautiful flatbed truck. And I need like 70 grand. Um, that I would not, I honestly would not invest in if I, unless I knew that person had already like built a business or had entrepreneurial chops or was like an incredible operator, I'd be very scared to invest in that second situation. So think of it like, I'll, I'll end with this. Like think of it like Shark Tank, right? These people are going, taking on a loan for their business and in turn, they're, they're giving up some equity, some of the upside, right? That's what an investor ultimately wants. I, I tend to find when I watch the show and it's been a while for me, they tend to ask, tell me about your current sales. And that's where like the music and the lighting and the camera changes. And it's like, well, here's the big story, right? Cue the big story of, you know, we got into this, whatever, whatever, whatever. You don't want to invest on like a hope and a dream. So like, if I'm going to invest, I want to see an owner that's like, I've already done A, B, and C. These are my KPIs. This is how it's working. And I believe if I took this in and put it into this, this could be the ROI. Totally different conversation than I need some money, some seed money to get this thing going from nothing. So I just think you got to look at the business you're in. You're in a scrappy startup home service business. Capital is nice to have, definitely. But it's it's not an industry where you need to have tons of money. Let's say you're starting a restaurant. Well, then you need probably a million dollars because you got to get a sweet space and you got to spend $200,000 on lighting uh, and beautiful glass dividers and hire a staff and get all your food. It's a crazy complicated business. This is not a complicated business upon startup. And that's why I've went all in, in washing, in painting, in Christmas lights. And why I now coach it is because I think the profit potential is incredible uh, and, and it's quick cash turnaround. And that's why I love it, especially in residential. You don't need to wait 
120 days to get paid, you can have like a net seven days. Like as soon as the job is done, you have a week to pay. And you can even shorten that if you want. Like it's your business, right? You should get paid when the services are done. And that's like a beautiful thing of this business is the projects today can be the marketing money to book your jobs for tomorrow. And if you just go like reviews and referrals, like we did went so hard out the get-go, our marketing costs stayed super low and we didn't need a ton of debt and money to go get our next client. So you just want to be smart with it. Like I think if you want to be a dumb business owner, take on a huge, huge debt, go get brand new stuff with an unproven model. Um, how else could you be dumb? Invest tons into paid ads um, don't build out your systems. Think that you have to do it all. Uh, you know, take advice from people who've not already done it um, and let your ego get in the way and try and flex and have like a fancy lifestyle while you build the business. Like if you want to really screw up, like go do all those things I just said. If you don't want to go to the opposite, um, chances are you don't want to because that's probably why you've listened to hundreds of my podcast episodes just to see how I think and how I approach business. And I think if you can take some gold nuggets from this episode and apply them in your business. I think you're going to be better for it because let me end with this. What's made me so happy is I've had multiple, I had a, a Mazda B2200 and I had a Dodge Caravan. Oh, I forget the year now, maybe a 97. Both those produced like close to a million dollars for me in revenue, in washing and painting. And, and I was like quite hands-on growing the business. So I would just go out and throw out a 30% profit margin was not uncommon for us. So, you know, making close to 300K on both those vehicles, um, that's kind of what I'm talking about here is like, that's what you want to be having. Uh, and and the, the B2200 I bought with my dad when I started my painting business, 2,500 bucks. I was so scared to buy that, bought it. And that thing was just like the goat had it so many seasons. And then the caravan, uh, we just retired uh, recently. Uh, maybe a couple years back. Uh, and that was a great, great vehicle uh, as well for punching out work. So, you know, that should be like the motivation is like, man, talk about an ROI. If you can put 2,500 bucks in and you can like literally net, net, net 300 grand on that. That's a crazy investment. So um, yeah, I'll leave you with that is like, be scrappy at the margin. Don't let anyone tell you it's not possible. And you don't need fancy new stuff to grow the business and look legit. I sold $315,000 from a Honda Civic. You don't need to look the part and be so amazing. I think you need to like, your brand needs to look good, but that doesn't mean you need to have a fancy vehicle because clients are not going to care. Like when I rolled up in my Honda Civic, yeah, it doesn't make the best first impression. But when I have a golf shirt on, I'm friendly give them a business card. And then I had this other um, um, hack called this client manual, which back in the day is this huge binder of like all our past testimonials, how happy people were, et cetera. Today, that's like your Google reviews. When you lead with that uh, and you get in and, and you're good with people, no one cares what kind of car you're driving. They just want to know what's in it for me. Do I like this guy or the girl? Can I trust them? Um, and therefore, I want to do business with them. And there goes, uh, there's the sale that's made. So I'd focus more on being likable and winsome than I would on like how nice your truck is because just like nobody cares. And I think it helps that I'm not super materialistic and I don't really know much about trucks. I don't really know a ton about equipment. Um, and that stuff just doesn't get me going. I'm, I'm a businessman that just happens to be stuck building a pressure washing business, Christmas light business. Um, and that's how I've always approached it. And so that's just my view towards debt. 
make money on your first truck, uh, live below your means, don't care what anyone thinks, uh, make a ton of profit from your vehicles and just fly below the radar uh, and take your market by storm. So I'll leave you with that. I've went on long enough. Uh, if you love this episode, like I've had a couple of nice emails roll in, I'd just encourage you share this episode with a contractor friend who needs to hear it, or even just ping me over an email. It's homeservicebusinesscoach at, at gmail.com. Uh, and I had someone message me last week that's just like, I'm not ready for your program, but man, your episodes are firing me up. Just thank you so much. So that goes just such a long way. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing this around. I wish you well this week. It's Dave Mormon signing out and we'll be chatting to you guys very soon. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.